eternal Father, we thank you because you have already begun to speak to us. As we look into your written word, the sure scriptures confirm all that you have planned for us. And guide us, O Heavenly Father, as we battle the many battles of this year. So that, Lord, in the end of the year, we will realize that it is good to walk with your word. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Happy New Year to you all. Today we have a very interesting subject. This year we have a very interesting team. And if you will look up to that place, you will know that the spirits of the Lord designed this. It says, living by every word of God. What other anchor can you have when things are hard? When the year is declared to be going to be turbulent. Hallelujah. Today we shall be looking at the subjects growing unto maturity by the word. We will come back to that lesson. Because the lesson summarizes the message. The lesson we just read. But I want to quote two scriptural authorities as a foundation for our understanding that we ought to grow by the word. The first authority I want to quote is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew chapter 4, I will read verses 1 to 4. We are all familiar with that passage because it is the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to bring out something very unique there. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterwards and hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. You know, many of us usually end that quotation by saying, Man shall not live by bread eh? alone. We forget the more important aspect of it. The more important aspect of that statement is not the negative aspect, but the positive aspect. The negative aspect is that you will not live by bread alone. But the positive aspect is that there is something you will live by. And what is that thing you will live by? By the word. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The reason I brought this is to bring out the very fact that the word of God is food. Hallelujah. The word of God is food. And that is why when you look at the scripture that we read in the lesson, it describes the word of God also as what? Food. First as milk, and then as solid food. The word of God is food. Praise the Lord. I will bring another witness. No lesser person than the person of Peter. In First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The word of God is food. 
And as an obstetrician, I understand this very, very well. One of the most important things we do when a child is born is to force the mother, whether she had cesarean section or she had normal delivery, to put the baby to breasts. Hallelujah. And she would usually say, but my milk is not yet flowing. Hallelujah. But there is something we call colostrum. It is like those of you who lived in the 70s and 80s. It is like that pig milk that they called condensed milk. Hallelujah. It is weight to weight, rich in energy. Powerful. And that is what the baby sucks first. The belly of the baby is very small. And so God designed that the baby will just eat smaller amounts that have high energy value. Praise the Lord. The word of God is like that colostrum. Which when you are born again, you need. And because you have not exercised yourself properly to fully comprehend God, He gives you a little amount that is energy packed. Hallelujah. I am going to discuss this subject in two parts. In the first part, I will talk about the fall of man. And we will begin to understand from the fall of man why the world is so important and powerful to make you grow. And after I have looked at the fall of man, I will discuss the second man, Adam. The second Adam. Praise the Lord. Embodied in these two parts of this message is what you need for the decision that the Lord asked us to make today. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, it speaks about a beginning. Brethren, When you talk of time, time is a creation made for man. God does not live in time. We are the ones who live in time. And we are the ones who speak of a beginning. I hope we understand. God lives in eternity. But we are the ones who live in the beginning of a year and the end of a year. Based on the rotation of the the earth around the sun. So time is a creation made for man. And the Bible says that before the beginning of time was the word. And that word was with God. And that word was God. Praise the Lord. You know, this is an area that many have battled. A lot have battled this with many doctrines. The people of science bring the Great Bank Theory and follow it up with the Theory of Evolution. Hallelujah. And all this is an attempt to say that in the beginning was not the word. We believe as Christians that in the beginning this earth was formed by the word of God. Hallelujah. And that is what is clearly stated in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
The word of God created the heaven and the earth. And if you look around, you will know that common sense tells us. And in Hebrews 3, 4, the scripture says that every house is built by somebody. So common sense tells us that the earth did not just spring up like that. Hallelujah. Archaeologists have also discovered things as they studied fossils. As they studied fossils, they found out that the similarity between Africa and South America was very amazing. And the fossils that you have found in the two continents. Creatures that no longer exist were found in fossils in both continents. And even when you try to squeeze the earth together, it looks like one mass of ground that was later split. Praise the Lord. So common sense tells us that what God spoke about, about the beginning of this earth, is true. Let me just show you something in Genesis chapter 1 verse 9. And God said, let the water under the heavens be gathered together to one place. And let dry land, not dry lands, let dry land appear. And it was so. So long before men began to understand that the earth was one, and what you see as continents were all parts of one earth mass, the Bible had already stated it. Those who study the soil, the geophysicists, and the geologists, they tell us about Fault lines, what they call fault lines. Those fault lines are areas where the segments of the earth is broken. They tell us that the continents we see are in continuous motion. They float around. They tell us that the structure of this world and this ground you see that looks very hard is like a meat pie. The external crusts, which we call earth and live on, is hard. But it is standing on molten rock. And so the continents are always floating. They said that through those fault lines come out hot molten lava that is called volcanoes. And because of those fault lines, earthquakes occur. Praise the Lord. They were all the works of God. They confirmed the words of God. But we shall not dwell very long on physical things because we came to discuss the word today. What was God's original design? What was God's actual original design? And how did it go wrong? Genesis chapter 2 Verse 8. And the Lord planted a garden east in garden in Eden. There he put man whom he had formed. Our God, when he created man, he had a plan. He had a plan of partnership. Hallelujah. You know, unfortunately, Ibos don't understand the principle of partnership. We always want to do things alone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God originally planned a partnership. And when he finished creating the earth, he put man there to be a gardener. Do you know what God did first? He put man in that garden to show man that I, the Lord God, I am your provider. Hallelujah. 
I want to bring out these few things because we will see in the fall of man that these are the things that the devil attacks and these are the things that the devil still attacks today. And these are the things that we need to use the word to fight. God was telling man simply, I am the Lord your provider. If you go to verse 18 of that same Genesis chapter 2, you will find a God that says, it is not good that man remains alone. What was he telling God? Uh, man, I, the Lord, care. I care about you. I care about your well-being. And finally, if you go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 7, you will see that the Lord delighted in the fellowship of man. Let us just quickly look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves aprons. Verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Praise the Lord. How did they know it was God walking in the cool of the day? Why did they have to hide? There were animals that were running around. There were different creatures, birds. There was plenty of noise. How did they know it was God walking in the cool of the day? Do you know why? Because it was God's practice to come to them in the cool of the day. The original design is that you will be God's partner. And in that partnership, you will have fellowship with Him. Hallelujah. It is through that partnership that the issue of the word begins to be important. It is because of man's lack of the understanding of the word that he fell. And everything about the fall of man simply described disobedience to the word. And when you quickly look of what really happened when Satan came to try man, you will begin to understand that it was an error in the knowledge of the word that led to Satan's victory. Now, let's just quickly look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. Praise the Lord. Now look at Genesis chapter 3. Look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which God had made. And he said to woman, yes, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the tree, the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it least you die. Praise the Lord. Did you discover any difference between the commandments and the understanding? Did you discover in those two passages? In Genesis 2, God said you may eat, but don't eat this, least you die. When the woman was encountered, she said, God said, we may eat. But this one in the middle of the garden we shall not eat. We shall not even do what? Touch. Praise the Lord. 
she now created her own world. And in creating her own world, she created difficulties too for herself. Because it is only the word of God that can ward off the devil. Praise the Lord. The words of man cannot ward off any spirits. And so the understanding or lack of it opened up an opportunity for the devil. And he now began to give a lecture to the woman. The first thing that the devil told the woman is that you will not surely die. Do you know the implication? The implication of that is that God is a liar. Praise the Lord. And many of us still think that God is a liar. We may not say it outrightly, but each time you have a mental ascent and refuse to act on the word of God, you are saying that God is a liar. Praise the Lord. The devil went ahead to tell the woman a few other things. Verse 5. Genesis 3.5 For God does know that in the day you eat thereof your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. In other words that God is not only a deceiver that God does not care about you and does not want you to develop to be like him. To know good and evil. The same God who is our provider is the same God who we call unfaithful. Who we call a liar. Who we say that his words cannot stand. Praise the Lord. Do we still do so today? In the decisions you will make this year, will you be able to trust God in your career, in your choice of a spouse? Will you be able to trust God in a business transaction? Or would you think that God will not be faithful if you trusted him in business. Would you think that God will not be faithful when you want to choose a spouse and you lean on the word of God? When you are sick, will you trust God? Will you be able to rely on him and to remain confident in Him. We are going to go through a turbulent time and we have to be prepared for it. Hallelujah. And if we are going to have an anchor, we must have an anchor that can hold. Hallelujah. And that is our own part of the bargaining. Brethren, many of us, secretly in our hearts, begin to doubt whether God is faithful. Praise the Lord. It happens to all of us, even the greatest of us, but we must always encourage ourselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, immediately the devil brought in that element of doubt of the faithfulness of the word of God. The next thing he did was to send in ushers to usher the woman into sin. And so when a vacuum is created in your Bible study life this year, expect the ushers to come to you. Not these ones in black. Praise the Lord. And what were those ushers? Let us see the ushers in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 3. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
and that it was pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. He took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband, and he did eat. Hallelujah. There were three ushers that were sent. And I want to say that the devil has never changed. The same ushers will be sent to you this year. Hallelujah. But we must prevail in Jesus' name. What was the first usher? And the woman did what? Saw the lust of the eye. You have to be careful what you see in 2016. You have to be careful what you envision in 2016. When you are walking on slippery ground, you must look on the ground. It is different from when you are running on a rock. And so the woman looked and she saw, she envisioned that this tree was pleasant. It was pleasant to please the flesh, the lust of the flesh. Praise the Lord. And so when you are going to make decisions, is it going to be decisions that will please your flesh or decisions that will stand with the world? And finally, it was a seed that would make one wise and famous. The pride of life. The final usher is the intellectual usher. And because it's labored to exclude God from the intellect, most of us from childhood have grown in depths of knowledge. Some of us have reached the pinnacle of what our profession gives. And we still look at ourselves and see it hollow. And so, cognitive development is what they call it. Intellectual development. Has been used by man over the years. In the exclusion of God, most of the times. To solve problems. To create comfort. And even to deny God. That was never God's plan. The original design was that the word would drive development. Praise the Lord. The word was meant to drive development, but the devil introduced a system that excluded God and left man developing as a bundle of flesh. In your decisions this year, what would drive your decisions? A great philosopher, and one of the fathers of the communist rule, once declared that religion is the opium of the masses. That was how degenerate his imagination had become. You know what the opium means. Opium is cocaine. Is the root of cocaine. Praise the Lord. And so the masses are treated with the sedative of that opium so that they forget their poverty. And he says that that is what the worship of God is. Do you regard the word of God as the opium of the masses? Or do you regard it as the very source of life and the sustainer of life? We have gone very far. So the question was, what should be done so that the system will be brought back to normal? And that is where the second Adam came in. Praise the Lord. 
I want to talk about the second Adam quickly and I'll be ending. Because in the second Adam is everything we need for life and godly living. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 45. The first Adam was made a living soul. And the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. However, that, that was not first, which is spiritual. But that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. I want to talk about the two natures of man. Two natures of man. I told us that in the beginning that the design was an integral physical and spiritual development for man. Which was interrupted in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that the first man was just a natural man. And so when you are born into this world, you come in as a natural man. A natural man responds to his senses. A natural man will cry when he's hungry. And when he's a bit older, will grumble when he's hungry. Hallelujah. When he's really, really hungry. A natural man will express emotions and will express rationality. And so things he will consent to have to be emotionally right and rational. That is a natural man. And welcome to the world of the natural man. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there is a second state of us, which is the spiritual man. And that was what was introduced by the Lord Jesus Christ. This spiritual man has his own characteristics. And we will see what he says about himself in John chapter 5, verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but that he sees his father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the son likewise. Praise the Lord. The second Adam was a spiritual man. And he was a spiritual man because he brought in conformity his physical nature in direct linear relationship with his spiritual nature. I don't know whether I'm using big words. Praise the Lord. He became a spiritual man because he brought his desires, his emotion, his intellect to be subject to what? What he sees the Father do. Praise the Lord. You and me do not see the Father doing anything, but we see him doing it through the word. And so we are capable of being turned from natural men into spiritual men as we submit ourselves to the word of eh? God. Praise the Lord. That is the fulcrum of this whole sermon. Our duty is simple. Turn ourselves from depending on our intellects. It is good for the intellect to be there. It was created by God for a purpose. But it must be driven like a car. And it is driven by the word of eh? God. Praise the Lord. Whenever you have not been able to subdue your flesh so that it can submit to the word of God, you remain a canal man. Let me show you what some canal men did when God was leading them and guiding them to the promised land. 
Psalm 79 verse 19. It is important to know whether you are living as a spiritual man or as a carnal man. Because today you can make a resolution to be spiritual. In Psalm 78 19, a group of people were being led by God to a promised destination. And when they became hungry, What they said was this. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Hallelujah. Because they were hungry. They told the same God who said, I was leading you to a promised land. He has told each of us in this place that he's leading us to a promised land. Where is that promised land? Where? Yes? Children, where is God leading us to? Heaven! Hallelujah! But how many of us, when we are hungry, turn around and say, can God provide, furnish a table? In this wilderness called earth. That is the distinguishing feature between the carnal man and the spiritual man. The basis for decision making. And if you look at your life. And in your life. You find that. Your senses still rule over your decisions. Then you are carnal. And God cannot work with you. Praise the Lord. He usually tolerates carnality for some time. We parents also tolerate it. Is it not so? When your little baby that is a few months old, you relate in the sitting room. Will you be angry? The baby felt like you related. I just we wait there. I mean, it's uh, you will thank the baby for doing so. Praise the Lord. If a 15 year old boy wakes up and uh, breaks his teeth and begins to spray urine in your parlor, will you tolerate it? It is the same with God. It is the same with God. God wants to transform us. He wants to change us. And as you read that First Corinthians chapter 15, you will come to verse 49 and it says, As we have been born in the image of the earth, we shall also bear the image of heaven. We have been natural and God wants us to bear the, his image. An image that is ruled by the word of God. Why? Verse 50. Now this I say, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. The whole reason that God needs us to be transformed is because He's leading us to somewhere. And the children said it is uh, heaven. Praise the Lord. And to enter that heaven, your natural human nature cannot inherit it. Let me even begin to say that we are already beginning to experience heaven while still on earth. Because heaven is the abode of God. Is it not so? And the Holy Spirit is within us. Is it not so? And so we are already in a type of heaven. Praise the Lord. 
even in the journey, we are already in a type of heaven. And so, it means that our natural senses, which cannot inherit the eternal heaven, can also hinder our walk with the earthly heaven. Our natural senses, which cannot get into heaven, will hinder our walk with the Spirit of God. Said very simply. And therefore, we must be transformed. And there is a transforming deal that God has prescribed. Book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that this year you present your bodies as living sacrifices, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Praise the Lord. Whenever you are able to key in and leave out Romans 12 2, you are mature. So the transformation is a maturation process in which there is a renewal. But I want to deal with the beginning of that renewal. Because you cannot begin to renew what you do not understand. John chapter 3, verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. As God was leading those children of Israel, they started murmuring about meat. They murmured about water. They murmured about cucumber. They murmured about garlic. And at a time when their murmuring became very distasteful to God, He sent serpents into them to bite and kill. And Moses interceded for the people. And God told him, take a pole, make the image of a serpent, raise it up. Whoever is beaten by the serpent, if he decides to look up to this rod, he will live. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brethren, I am sure some people said, this useless God, who could not even give us what we wanted, what would this stick do for us? And the serpent beat them, and they did what? They died. But the Bible says that for as many as looked up, lived. Today, the scripture is saying that as Moses lifted up that rod in the wilderness, that Jesus Christ is also being lifted up. The word of God, who is Jesus Christ, is being lifted up. And as many as decide to believe in him and act on their belief, they will do what? They will live. Praise the Lord. Today we lift up Jesus Christ. We are lifting up Jesus Christ. And we are asking us to take a new year resolution so that we shall live. 
We are lifting up the word of God as the basis for light. The one that came down from heaven to tell us the truth and to show us the way. We are lifting up the one who gave us the Holy Spirit because when he was living, he knew that some people would say, well, what is the geographical location of heaven? So he sent down the Holy Spirit and told us that this Holy Spirit is his deposit that is given to us, guaranteeing that he will give us everything that is promised in the world. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. You can read it when you go home. We are lifting up this same Jesus. And we are saying, if you will look up to him this year, and look up to his word, you will discover God's good and perfect will concerning that situation that will come to your life. Praise the Lord. Are we willing to look up? In First Peter, we see a people who are immature. And Peter tells them, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the world, so that you will grow. In the lesson that we read, we see a people that are immature. And St. Paul began to rebuke them. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers. You have needs that won't teach you again. Which is the first principle of the oracle of God. And so the first principle in the oracle of God. Is that you need to be taught. Praise the Lord. And so the children need to be taught. If today you will look up to Jesus and say. I have run my life. I have made decisions based on my intellectual ability. I have had some successes, but I have had many failures. Today, I want you to become the yardstick for my new life. I want you to come into my life and become my partner again. If you will say that today, the first principle for you to grow is to be taught. Praise the Lord. The first principle of the oracle of God is to be taught. And so let's continue to read that verse. Because some of us have gone beyond the first principle. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again. Which is the first principle of the oracle of God. And have become such as need perpetual milk. Not of strong meats. Some of us have enjoyed that milk for so long, we don't want to drink any other thing. Do you know what milk is in Christianity? Hmm? It means kashakare. Kashakare Christianity. Chuku, ozubo, ozubo. Oh God, I need a job in 2016. If you will not give me a job in 2016, I will go back to the world. Praise the Lord. Don't you know, Father, that I'm almost 30 years and I'm not married. If I don't find a husband this year, I will marry anybody. I will go to Angola. It's called milk. What? Milk. There is another level. He says, but strong meats. That is what strong meat is. Did you live in the village? Where they don't have fridge. I'm a CIA. When I used to visit my grandmother when she was alive, she would go to Ngega and bring out an Bolonko. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that strong needs belong to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use 
there is a use you must put the word of God for you to mature. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. Their senses have become sharp. Some of you have instincts that are very sharp. And most of your instinct is sharp at discovering fear. If you stay here praying alone, and suddenly the wind blows, you will see a spirit. Hallelujah. Because your instinct is very sharp. But the Bible tells of another type of mind. A mind who by reason of using the word, have come to a point that they can discern. Their instincts can decide what is good or wrong. When we have such people, you don't need to preach to them. You don't need to tell them, no woman should uh, wear meaning in this church. You don't need to tell them, you must fast. You don't need to tell them, this or that or whatever things that people do as laws. I don't even believe in those laws. They are always changeable. Praise the Lord. When your senses have exercised with the word of God, you don't need to say, ah, that man who wants to marry me, he looks born again, or he says he's born again. Meanwhile, he tells you lies every day. You can discern. Praise the Lord. You can discern. And so the Bible says that we must grow up to begin to eat strong meat. Let me tell us that when God decides to deal with the people, it will bring you to a point that you must make a decision. If you decide to go with him, you will leave. If you walk in the flesh, you will die. Praise the Lord. What will be your choice for 2016? Let us pray. As Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so has the Son of Man been lifted up. And whoever will look upon him and believe shall live. Will you look upon Jesus in 2016? Or will you continue in those ways that have never brought satisfaction. Will you continue to be afraid of every wind that blows? Will you remain in the bondage of the fear of death? Who would receive Jesus today? Begin to talk to him. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to give you the new life. Tell him, Lord Jesus, I need you this year. Come into my life and give me the new life. I cannot do without you. I need your word as a guide. I need your word as a compass. I need your word as the driver of my life. I need to begin to understand the things of the Spirit. Begin to say those prayers. Ask Jesus into your life. And if you have said that prayer, and you truly desire to have Christ in your life, we will want to pray with you. We want to pray with you because when two of us shall agree concerning a thing, it is done for us by our Father in heaven. We want to pray with you because at the mouth of two witnesses shall every truth be established.
And so in order that we will identify you, can you raise your hand? I want to have Jesus in my life. Let me see the hand that is raised. I want Jesus to come into my life in 2016. That is the resolution of my heart. Jesus, come into my life. Make me yours. As the Lord that this year you, he will direct your ways. Ask him that this year his word will be the final authority in your decisions. And when a decision is in conflict with the word, that our decision will bow. Tell him that this year you will look unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. And you will not be disappointed. Can you ask God to forgive you your sins? He said if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that he died for you. Say you shall be saved. Confess your shortcomings. Confess your weaknesses. Your inadequacies. And surrender to him. Ask him to come into your life. To come and be your Lord and personal Savior. To come and give you the grace to live for Him. That is what He has promised. And once you ask, He gives to you. I want you to repeat after me. My Lord and my Savior. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be called your child. I have sinned against you. But Lord, because you love me. You sent your son Jesus Christ. And He came and died for me. And paid the price of my sin. Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Cancel my name from the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Give me power to be your child. Power to live a holy life. Power to say no to sin. And cut off every relationship I have with the powers of darkness. Grant me the grace to live for you every day. In Jesus name. Our Lord and personal Savior who give you praise. Thank you for this your children. Thank you Father Lord because it pleased you. To bring them into your kingdom today. Lord, we return our praise and worship unto your holy name. Even as they have confessed with their mouth. And they believed in their heart. And they have come out boldly to acknowledge you. Father, Lord, forgive their sins. Cleanse them from every unrighteousness. Cancel their names from the book of death. Write their names in the book of life. Lord, every relationship they have with the past of darkness. All the things they have done in the past. That have put them under the bondage of the enemy. Lord, we stand upon your word. And we declare them null and void in Jesus' name. We establish your counsel over their lives. And God, we declare that from today henceforth. They will live for you. They will honor your name. God, they will glorify you. And Lord, you shall build them up as instruments of righteousness. To the glory and honor of your name. Thank you, Lord, as you have served them into your kingdom. And as you glorify your name. Be thou exalted, O Lord, over these lives. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And so, eternal Father, we thank you. We magnify you. Because you have made the great sacrifice to quicken us 
and to move us from the natural into the spiritual. From the immature to the mature. Strengthen us, O Lord, by your word. So that, Lord, we will bring our physical beings to be subject unto you. And our word shall be transformed. So that heavenly King of glory, you will be seen through us. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.